This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Alrighty, guys, welcome back in. That was a quick break, as promised. Now, joining us here for the first half of the action line, owner of Mayday Brewery, Ozzy Nelson, and super sidekick extraordinaire, Ariana Vandenberg. Guys, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We were we were chit-chatting. We didn't get to go through the title, so I kind of just made that one up on the fly, but I thought that was pretty fitting. So, if you would, uh, tell us a little bit about Mayday. I wanted to uh, just kind of start off, and you guys are coming up to celebrate your nine-year anniversary. So I was thinking about this yesterday. I said, I know, I know they're close to 10 years. You guys are celebrating your nine-year anniversary here coming up in November. Um, so so right off the bat, tell us a little bit about May Day and, and what was it like when you opened the door on day one? Do you remember the, the first day unlocking that front door and, and bringing those customers in? Was there a, um, any any old stories that kind of that kind of resonate from the early days? Well, it was very exciting as well as uh, scary. <laughs> no doubt about that. Somebody was somebody was reminding me last night that we had a a belly dancer cut the cut the ribbon at our ribbon cutting so that was unusual so we try to be a little bit different at mayday we're right um close to the close to the square we're a half a mile from the square right across the broad and we share the building with the experience community church and we uh it was it was a busy busy time of of ignorance and bliss. <laughs> All right, any any old stories of when you kind of first started coming around May Day and, and working there and just you know seeing it grow? What has it turned into from what it was? There's got to be a lot of things you look and you're like, well, this is this is a hundred percent different than it was day one. Well, my day one was the solar eclipse party, so it's definitely changed from that day. Um, <laughs> that day we had a lot of people coming in from out of town. Uh, but it was a great experience, and uh, I think we definitely have really grown. Uh, we've expanded with our uh, beer selection and doing events. We definitely do a lot of events, whether that's nonprofit, birthday parties, uh, celebration of life. So a lot of times people call us the community center, and I think that that definitely reflects on who we are. Well, I, you know, certainly when you look through events throughout Murfreesboro and Rutherford County, surrounding areas, May Day seems to pop up for, you know, for providing the beer, for kind of giving it something, that fun kick for a fundraiser, that fun twist. And when people come visit you guys, if nobody's been, um, it, it is kind of like that when you walk in. It's a fun atmosphere. Everybody knows everybody. It's, it is kind of a community thing. And once you go in there, even if you've been in there once or twice, you kind of feel like you know everybody. Yeah, I would agree that that's exactly what people describe us as. And and how did how did it get to that point? Was that always the goal with May Day was to make this kind of a, a you know everybody know everybody a family atmosphere because it is a family atmosphere. But when it trickles down to the people who spend time there and, and visit there, that is that's kind of what that's come into as well. Well, it is a huge focus. It's been a focus from day one is is being community and making friends and not being just about the beer, but having great beer at the same time and making it more about people and friendships and community and having some beer at the same time we have uh, a great selection and and a great selection of people 
that come in also all walks of life come in and uh and are our friends at mayday so some of the events that are coming up we were talking about one for thanksgiving coming up and i'll let you guys talk about that a little bit uh another give back that's going to be coming up here in november yeah, that one actually is going to take place on Thanksgiving. Uh, we have some good friends, uh, and that's one thing that is really cool about May Day is people come in at first, they're customers, and then they become friends. Um, Brad Hopkins and Chase Alice, they started frying turkeys four years ago at Brad's house, and they've kind of outgrown that space. So with us having bigger, cooler space, it allows them to expand, and they are doing that for Kamari House. Um, so it's just a, another way for us to give back and get involved in the community. So they're doing deep fried turkeys starting at 10 o'clock on Thanksgiving Day. They're selling those turkeys for, I believe, $75, and all of the proceeds go to the Kamari House right here in Murfreesboro, local charity uh, that's doing some great things. And uh, it's going to be a really fun day with, with frying some turkeys, meeting some people, and, uh, and we'll be open from 10 when, the, when they start. Well, they'll be starting uh, cooking earlier than 10, but we'll be open from 10 until 4 uh, that day awesome that's probably my favorite way if you're going to enjoy a turkey deep frying the turkey uh, is a great way to go about it so looks like we have our first caller we're going to head over to the phone lines now and check in there good morning you're on with ari and ozzy ariana and ozzy here on the action line hey good morning i just wanted to call in and say i love ozzy and ariana my wife and i started a business back in 2018 a food truck business and Ariana has been a great help, and Ozzy was awesome to allow us to sit up there with our food truck. We love you guys. We miss y'all, and hope we can come back on some Saturdays for you. Y'all have a great day. Awesome. Thank you so much for Thank the call. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was awesome. So you mentioned a lot of the uh, you know food truck people that come through, whether it be bingo, open mic night. You guys have bands in there. A lot of these people are just people that will come and hang out and you kind of know as friends and family. Is that a lot of how these relationships kind of start off is, is just a conversation with a friend and it, it kind of grows from there? Absolutely. Uh, one story I love to tell is when uh, COVID was, was really bad, we did some uh, beer deliveries and some of the people that I delivered beer to had never been in. And so now they come in and we're actually friends. So I think that there's a lot of stories to be told over just the different situations that we come across and the way that we build friendships. So, and this this has to be a question we go through. This has been uh, this has been a staple question for about a year and a half. You can imagine when we interview people with uh, any business, small business, large business in the area. How did you guys get through COVID? What was that story like? Just you know, maybe some highs and lows through that. I know there were there were probably some times when it was looking bleak, and then you know you get people in again, and and the place fills up a little bit more, and you're able to do so safely, and that kind of gives you a positive look on it. So, um, you know, how how did that all play out? We were shut down for about five weeks in 2020, and and you're right, Nick. The Friday nights with nobody at May Day was very sad to me. But we packaged beer, we delivered beer, we did um, beer curbside, sold beer curbside, did a lot of things online, and it was a big learning experience. And we we've gotten through it. We're better. We've we've made more friends we've grown we've uh we've learned a lot of lessons um what we can do without what we need to do better and we just we've tried to apply those and just get better and better and love more people make more friends that's what gets you more business in our business 
One thing I have to say, too, is we uh, we had implemented a text messaging program that really, really, I would say, saved us. That was really cool uh, just because people were excited to support us in any way that they could. And those people, we really, really appreciate you. And those that don't know us, like, come in, get to know us. It's a fun place. And I think it's a lot of times not always just about us, but about who we can connect you with. And that's one thing that Mayday really prides ourselves on is that we build friendships. Tell us about the beer deliveries, the, the curbside. That was kind of something that happened during COVID as a, as a means to, you know, still be able to get beers out to folks and let them enjoy what you guys are doing. Do so safely and, and by all the rules and that. So when this started, were you just filling your car worth of beer and just driving around and, and finding spots where I know, you know, different neighborhoods and that you guys would set up in, but kind of a unique idea. Tell us about that. Um, I would say that Devin uh, Russell and I, we were definitely the rock stars of that operation. I mean, we, whether we were going into neighborhoods and we kept it as safe as everybody wanted. Some people wanted to see our faces. Some people didn't. Sometimes it was like a, you know, you felt like you were knocking on the door, dropping the beer off and leaving. And then, then you know, you check an ID that's taped to the glass. But uh, overall, I have to say, I look back and I thought it was a really difficult time, but I have to agree with Ozzy. It was definitely a learning experience and it was fun. I think that during challenging times, the best thing you can do is challenge yourself. Absolutely. And I think, you know, coming up on 10 years, nine years will be this year. Um, you're going to run into those challenges. And I think um, you'd agree longevity is all about getting over those humps and pushing forward. And um, you guys were able to do so. We are. We did. And what we would do is is get all these orders and put them all together four or five people putting all the orders together, putting them in the cooler and in the back of uh, Devin or Ariana's car and them going around the people and, oh, I gave that person the wrong beer, shoot, I need to go back to the brewery and get some more beer, you know, different beer, we got the wrong thing, you, you know, all that kind of stuff that I'm sure delivery people nowadays are very familiar with that we knew nothing about. Or we they may have an app that helps them that we did not. True, we didn't have an app. So we are talking about the nine-year party coming up, the nine-year anniversary. What's that going to look like? And are you are you guys excited for nine years, looking forward to 10 years even next year? But what's this uh, nine-year going to look like? I'm sure we'll have live music. I don't know that I booked it yet, but I'll get there. I'm pretty sure you booked it. Andrew White. <laughs> Ooh, that'll be a good one. No. Andrew White's playing on on October. Oh, he's on Halloween. Sorry. Halloween. So we'll we'll have live music. It'll be a pajama party. It'll be a lot of fun. So wear your pajamas. It'll be a little chilly outside. So you may need a, one of those snuggies or something like that. Onesie. Onesie. <laughs> Adult size. <laughs> And so how do you guys find the live music? So I, I'll come in, you guys will have blues one night. It'll be a guy playing some maybe some jazzy acoustic music one night. The next night you got somebody maybe you heard of and seen in Nashville. Uh, acts big and small, and it seems like from all corners of life. So how do you guys choose that music? Because it's always, it's always interesting, it's always relevant, but it is always different. Well, we have a, an email address, booking at com, and I take... I go through the the emails not as not as diligently as I should, but I go through the emails. I look, I watch people's videos and say, yeah, this this is a good fit for Mayday. This is maybe not such a good fit for Mayday. Try to go through. We only ha- we we do music most of the time on Friday nights, every Friday night, and some Saturday nights. So there's only seventy or so spots for the year. So I try to be very diligent and and pick the best people that that fit fit well and that go well with what 
with our clientele and what we're doing. So it's uh and and try to make it different because be I don't want the same thing every week. Don't want country every night. We'll do country one night and then next week we'll do jazz or blues or rock and roll something else is that an area where you guys have seen some some growth maybe from year one till now that email where maybe when you first started it you get a couple now it's probably overflowing with with folks trying to come back trying to come for the first time but maybe that's an area where you think back I remember when that email would just have a few emails pop up every week. It was a little easier to manage. Now you have, you know, I'm sure, you know, hundreds of acts from from Rutherford County, Nashville area, uh, you know, wanting to come play. For sure, there's a there's a large selection. I'll say that, and and I'm always afraid of missing somebody good because <laughs> I have so many other things going on. But uh, just keep emailing if I haven't gotten back to you. Now, I know one of the things you've told me, Ariana, you can chime in on this because you know just as well, uh, having good help makes makes running a business work. You can't do it on your own. you got to have good parts and good people. Um, and I know uh, being a family business, you have two of your daughters working with you, kind of handling each end of the operation. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, and, of course, Ariana and Devin always on the front lines. It seems like you know people come in, they can recognize and see those faces, whether they have a question, uh, you know, whether maybe they need an order filled, whatever it is. There are a few people that uh, you know people can come back to and look for so start with with ashley and kelsey what are their uh components in this and how did that become a thing did you have to to, to reach out and kind of bring them in or were they thinking hey this this could be cool let's let's do this together well kelsey started working for me first about five or six years ago she started doing the back office stuff and then really started getting into the brewing and has been our head brewer for the last five years so any beer you drink at mayday more than likely kelsey made that beer I make a few small batches here and there, but not very much beer. She makes the most of the beer. She's gotten so good as a brewer. She makes some of the best sours out there. She makes great beer. Uh, she's really, really awesome in that in that area and manages that space well. K- Ashley, on the other hand, she does all the back office administrative work with. Uh, she works with the IRS, which is a big deal. Any kind of taxes she does. Uh, anything that deals with money with ordering or paying bills or purchase orders or um, paying invoices whatever it is ashley takes care of that and does a fantastic job and she's been working for the brewery about four years i think when when kelsey started taking over the brewery then ashley came in and started doing the back office work the general manager type stuff and then so much of what you do, Ariana, is, is finding the right bartenders and building that bar staff and getting the right people behind the counter. Is that an important part of the operation, is, is getting the right people back there, not maybe the quickest or the smart, but somebody that people can relate with, people that people like and they can they can sit and talk to and uh, make friends with and, and kind of hang out? Um, I think it's probably one of the most important things because that's those are the people that people are seeing and interacting with every day and one thing I think that I have done in the last year is had a reflection on everyone is not the same and you can embrace everyone has talents I mean we have some people that have just come in and they might be a really cool uh, talk show radio host and then they like host bingo which is really awesome you know we have people that are teachers you know people going to school for marketing that are bringing ideas. So I think everyone has talents and sometimes if you just appreciate those people, they will they'll love you back. And that's one thing I have to say is I have learned just to love the people whoever you're around and they will love you back and and in turn they'll also go love the customer. So it helps business, it helps themselves. And sometimes it's not just about the money, but money is 
close to oxygen, so you need it. But if you love people, then you'll you'll make money for sure too. And that is that is kind of the uh, you know the atmosphere you walk in with May Day is it's just a, a loving family type of atmosphere. So uh, you know I've I've seen people there that have never been there before, and you think they know everybody because everybody's talking to them and they kind of bring them in. So um, you know certainly that that makes you guys unique in one of the many ways. Um, I wanted to uh, briefly chat a little bit about, and this this was one that I, I just I had to I had to go for. So uh, Ashley and Kelsey, the two daughters, right now we have the angry redhead. One of the beers that's always on tap, and people have asked me this, so we got to get to the bottom of it here in, in, in front of the masses. Uh, Ashley's got the red hair, and there's the angry redhead. Does that make Kelsey the evil octopus? The other, the other beer that's on tap. A lot. People have asked me this. This was something they said you got to ask Ozzy on on the radio live to see what he comes up with. So, is there any truth behind that, or is that just something that uh, the the customers kind of get silly and make up? I don't think uh, no. Ashley is not the angry redhead for sure. I just—it's kind of based around the beer. I wanted to make a red beer and and make it a little more hoppy, have a little more bite to it, a little more punch. And I said, well, you could call it a redhead. How about an angry redhead? That would be good. So it's more focused on the beer than any actual person. <laughs> kind of like same as the Burrow Blonde. There's no actual person. I just thought, you know, Burrow Blonde. That means a blonde will come in and maybe buy that beer and that would be cool <laughs> so tell us about and, and this is another fun thing folks might not know about is the small batch thursdays so you got you know the regular beer you always you always have in it cycles with seasons and things like that tell us about the small batches are you guys doing basically two new beers every single week i mean that's got to be taxing but is that pretty much what that is that's what we do two, two new beers every single week the the most challenging part of that is naming the beers we've had <laughs> Like this week is we we have a brown that's out and what do you call your fifty third brown that you've done? There's only so many names that you can go with brown. So this week we're calling it the Devil Went Brown to Georgia. <laughs> and do do customers ever come up with names? Ozzy, I got this great name for him. I'm sure you've probably heard a million of them, but do any of those ever stick? Oh, for sure. We- Daddy's money was named by a customer. That's our hazy IPA that is delicious and then uh we definitely have another customer iva she she's a rock star when it comes to naming beers and that's one thing i have to say i forgot that not only do we have really awesome employees we have really awesome customers that just want to help fix a door name a beer i mean we we have some awesome people so i'm very thankful for sure Absolutely awesome. Tell us a little bit about the history of the building, Ozzy. This is something we've talked about off air before, but for folks who might not know, you you said a lot of folks maybe have heard this story, uh, but you guys are located behind the Experience Church on 521 uh, New Salem there. So tell us, what was that building back in the day? It's kind of a rustic old factory looking building that is now the brewery. Well, it's 521 Old Salem. Old Salem, yes, yes, good good call. We'll go down New Salem, Old Salem would be the one. (laughs) Uh, well, the the building was built in 1923, and it's been textiles most of the most of its existence, or in the beginning anyway. It was uh, it, there were a lot of cotton fields around here. There's a railroad track right beside it, so that's why that's why the building is where it is because of the railroad tracks right there, so they could get cotton in and out, and their their um, their products in and out. Uh, it was a silk mill for for a little while. And we have a new beer called the Silk Mill. It's a it's an oatmeal stout. And the building just kept growing over the years. Actually, it made they made parachute straps for uh, in World War II in the, in that building. That was an interesting uh, 
interesting uh, part of the building. And they stopped doing textiles in the 60s, something like that, when polyester started coming on. And so it was all kinds of different things after that. People come in all the time that say, my dad or my uncle worked here at, at doing something about bathtubs or weights for to balance tires or all kinds of different things like that so it's been a haunted house at one time event space you name it it's uh, there's been a lot of different things so there's a lot of interesting history actually our tasting room is the original boiler room for the murfreesboro woolen mills is what it was called in the very beginning so uh, you can see the steam header still there and the exposed bricks so it's a really cool uh, really cool ambiance there in the tasting room and is there an opportunity throughout the week and maybe even a couple times a month where folks can tour this building and kind of go see and hear these stories and see the where the beer is made see the tasting room kind of and kind of go through all that well i do tours every saturday every sunday at 3 p.m so it's it's tasting and having fun getting to know me a little bit and and me getting to know you i try to learn everybody's name on the tours and and just have a good time with everybody so that, that lasts about an hour, three o'clock on Sunday. And I, I've heard there's a, a chair you can you can kind of push. Is that is that a rumor? Is that part of the, the tour where somebody gets lucky and they get to push them around in a chair? That is that is it's correct. the VIP treatment. Oh, yeah, <laughs> VIP. That's what we do. We try to treat everybody VIP. Well, absolutely awesome. It's uh, been awesome catching up with you guys and learning more about May Day and uh, sharing some of these things with the community. Wanted to give you guys both a chance to uh, see if there's anything we missed as we've been kind of kind of firing some questions at you guys. But uh, anything we missed, anything that you guys wanted to let the folks know about? I would just end with saying that, you know, I think they, the building has the best best places now. You know, people joke and say, holy spirits in the front and crafted spirits in the back. So <laughs> we, uh, we have a lot of fun there. And I would say that if, if you love Nick and what he's doing here at the radio station, check him out on Thursday nights doing bingo at Mayday. He does a fantastic job um, doing the bingo. He's the best bingo host I've ever heard, and we have him. <laughs> we have the privilege of having him every Thursday do bingo at Mayday. If you have any awesome you know prizes you want to uh, donate, always love always that. taking donations. And I guess Even we did used. forget uh, some of the breaking news that, that came up this week about the Preds tickets. So we should probably let them know for uh, Bingo coming up on November 11th, the Pucks Out podcast, which is a local group of guys here that uh, do a podcast, got a hockey beer type of podcast, a cool thing. Uh, they're going to be joining us on the 11th for Bingo to give out some Preds tickets. It's the November 30th game against the Blue Jackets, the December 4th game against the Canadiens. So if you're trying to go to that game, there's going to be uh, some Preds tickets floating around November 11th, 6 o'clock at May Day. And I uh, look forward to seeing you guys out there in the, in the Pucks Out podcast, guys. That's going to be a lot of fun. Lower bowl tickets. Lower bowl tickets. You got to get the good tickets. So, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so thank much you, for uh, hanging out with us, and uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon. We got just a few minutes. We're going to take a quick timeout, and then we'll be right back as we're going to talk with Feed America First as we combat hunger here in Rutherford County. What can we do to help? Where are we at on all that? We'll answer those questions next. This is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. 
We have an excellent sound room with good acoustics. If you want to try out any guitar in the store, if you've got a perfect place to listen to it, compare them side by side, see how the neck feels to your hand, which is important to a guitar player. We have keyboards to play, a room in the back for drums to give a run through with cymbals, snares, whole sets. Come in Music World and Drummer's Den and try out before you buy it. Music World and Drummer's Den. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Did you know that Demas's now can cater events? We can ship most of our pastas and we can deliver it to your door. If you're interested in our catering, you can go to demasesrestaurants.com and click on the menus on catering to see what options we have available for your next event. Demas's Family Restaurants. Go to demasesrestaurants.com. Demas's Family Restaurants on 1115 Northwest Broad Street. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. It's so important that we recognize our veterans, shake their hands, and say how proud we are of the service that they have given to our country and that we thank them for that. I am Becky Bookner, and we salute our veterans. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. We're talking with retired U.S. Army Master Sergeant Patrick Garland. I spent 17 years in the military police corps. I wound up in forensic sciences. He's learned from the who's who in forensic science. I worked with Dr. Pierre Fink, and he was one of the pathologists who assisted in the autopsy of President Kennedy. I worked with at the Armed Forces Institute of Pathology. I studied gunshot wounds, and I was asked to examine the ball that was removed from President Lincoln's head and identify it as being the proper one. I had to go to Ford Theater and look through all the medical reports. Another case was much closer to home. A grave had been tampered with in Franklin, and part of a body was found, and it was sent to Dr. Bass in Knoxville. His assumption at the beginning of the investigation was that this was a fresh body, and it turned out he was killed in the Battle of Franklin back in the Civil War and he had been embalmed with arsenic at the time, and that was a good preservative. Dr. Bass said that he made a mistake by about 100 years on it. A different veteran story from retired U.S. Army Master Sergeant Patrick Garland. If you know a veteran you'd like to highlight, let WGNS know, and we'll honor them in our daily salute to veterans. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust 
and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. There are places where people talk, and then there are places that people talk about. News Radio WGNS is both on air, online, and on the phone. Alrighty, folks, welcome back into the second half of the action line. Right now, the time 840 as we welcome on Julie Vandal joining us from Feed America First. Julie, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So um, we got some cool events coming up tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But uh, before we get into all that, wanted to kind of give you an opportunity to talk about Feed America First and let folks know kind of what you guys do on the day-to-day. You guys are bur- uh, based here in Murfreesboro, mm-hmm. uh, combating hunger right here in our backyard. So these are the folks that we share the community with, that we see that you guys are helping. Um, so tell us a little bit about your guys' day-to-day, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. So our mission is to provide food to those who feed the hungry. So we're not necessarily like a food pantry or soup kitchen ourselves, but the easiest way to describe what we do is that we supply food to food pantries. Uh, so we actually supply food to over 200 food pantries across the state of Tennessee, quite a few in Kentucky and Alabama as well. So our day-to-day is uh, accepting food donations uh, by large scale. We'll get in tractor trailer loads a day, uh, scales that, you know, your smaller neighborhood food pantry couldn't handle, but we can accept, you know, maybe a 40,000 pound truck of onions that got rejected at distribution center, maybe, you know, they were packaged wrong or labeled mm. wrong or maybe it was just pure overproduction we see so much waste and overproduction and we're saving food typically from like distribution centers and uh, manufacturers uh, so long before it even makes it to the grocery stores so we'll yeah large-scale donations that we'll receive and then with the help of hundreds of volunteers a month we divide and distribute that out to all the smaller food pantries across the state and it's kind of eye-opening, um, kind of where you guys step in to kind of intercept that food before mm-hmm. it goes to waste. Because you know, you, you think of a can that is dented, or an onion that got packaged wrong, or a misprint on a label. All of those things can kind of okay. Well, let's just toss it. And, and you guys are taking those same foods, things that are perfectly good to eat, perfectly good to use, um, and not only saving them from going to waste, but but kind of giving back and helping. Um, you know, fuel some of these uh, food pantries and that. And are we talking food pantries, big, small? I mean, we're even talking little churches who who do food pantries, yeah. things like that. Kind of all different shapes and sizes. Yeah, absolutely. Our uh, main focus is small towns and rural areas. So your smaller towns, like your Petersburg, uh, Chapel Hill, those areas that are you know more in need. Uh, but we also have larger food pantries we partner with. Um, bigger ones who have their own warehouses and forklifts and can accommodate and handle like larger pallets like we can. Um, So we have food pantries we supply food to that might just feed 30 families a month. And then we also have others who feed hundreds a week. (laughs) And we've had this question come up before we've had you guys on and and folks will say, uh, am I able to donate food? Can I get food Mm -hmm. to Feed America first? And generally they would probably want to donate that food to their local pantry, kind of as you guys do. So you guys don't necessarily take donations from from a household and that, Mm -hmm. but, but kind of bigger supply stuff. Yeah, we do accept on a, a main basis, the larger from manufacturers, but we do always 
love to accept if anybody wants to have a food drive or just bring in some you know things they wanted to get rid of from their pantry uh, we would never ever turn that down Um, actually canned goods are like gold because they're so shelf stable they don't get donated to us often Mm -hmm. about 65 percent or more of what we distribute is fresh produce things that turn quickly your bread yogurt um, fruits veggies that sort of thing because that has such a quicker turnover rate Mm -hmm. Um, so canned food is gold to us um, especially coming up with the holidays uh, we would be so grateful for any food drives any local businesses or families churches we have a few neighborhoods who are actually doing some front porch food drives for us um, so we have the ability to set your neighborhood or business or whatever group you're working with up with a fundraising page on our website that would be unique to you so feedmarkfirst.com wgns or whatever you would want that to be and so we've got a few neighborhoods who are signing up to not only raise funds for us with their own personal page on our website, but also have like front porch food drives. So have one neighborhood, one house in the neighborhood designated as the collection site. And so everybody's bringing all their canned goods and dropping them off on the porch and scheduling the you know, delivery to Feed America first. Very cool, very mm-hmm. cool. So that's kind of a new idea, kind of a, yeah. a neater idea. Is that something that maybe had come about in the last couple of years? Is this something you yes, guys have, have absolutely. done? absolutely. When COVID hit and it was all over the news, the food lines even that we saw were just, it still gives me chills to think about when we would have um, pop-up food distributions just to keep up with the heightened need. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd look down the road and you couldn't see the end of the line because so many people and it's still that way today. There's a misconception, feels like we're getting back to normal. We don't have masks anymore. You know, things are loosened up, we're traveling. But when it comes to people in need, mm-hmm. there's still a need and there always will be. Um, but absolutely, when COVID hit and it was more on the news, more prevalent, people were thinking about, oh my gosh, what about these people who lost their jobs or, you know, need some help? Um, yes, the front porch pickup kind of was new in COVID because there was a, how do we help? But we can't, you know, necessarily easily go to the grocery stores or, go to all these different food pantries so what can we do so that was where that was born from and and so many of these ideas were were the result of how can we kind of maneuver through and, and get folks the food they need get folks the resources they need during covid safely um, how do we how do we give somebody food without actually standing in front of yes, them absolutely. all these kind of weird little uh curveballs that you're thrown yeah. and you guys are able to create new ways to do what you do and you know down the road you can kind of add to that right yeah. so you have your traditional way of operating but in certain cases um, now these front porch food drives and things like that could also be very useful. Yeah, absolutely. One of our main goals is to just always be pliable, always say yes, you know, always keep up with change and opportunity. Um, so no matter what's going on and people are in need, we're going to figure it out and do whatever we have to do. So we did switch to, you know, some drive through models. A lot of our partner agencies were set up more like grocery stores, but they started doing, you know, drive through and they would load people's trunks to kind of, you know, keep their distance, that sort of thing. But we made it through and we saved more food than ever before during COVID with so many restaurants closed, mm-hmm. all that produce and everything being grown and still needed a place to go. So we saved over 22 million pounds of food in 2020 that otherwise would have just gone to the landfill. And that's, that's a good point. So even restaurants that were closing down, the orders and the produce that they would be receiving, yep. you got to think of a place, Demas's, for instance, yep. right up the road. So much, f- I mean, you got to imagine the, the truckloads of full, uh, food yep. that come through there. And then we have hundreds of those types of restaurants just here in Murfreesboro. Yep. Um, that That is, again, it. An eye-popping yeah. uh, thought to, to think about that. So, um, and you guys are based here at Murfreesboro. Yes. So, how can folks? You guys have a brick-and-mortar location. Folks can kind of come in, uh, volunteer. Talk about volunteer opportunities because yeah. that's one that that is important. And you guys, you guys survive off of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we could not do it without volunteers and. I hope some of them are listening right now because they're like family to me. It's so fun. Um, We have a volunteer night every single Wednesday where we'll receive these huge uh, bins of just completely assorted grocery items from different manufacturers. 
and we'll have volunteers, you know, digging through those, getting out the food, putting it in boxes, sorting some other things. Um, then we also have like our food distributions where our partner agencies will come to pick up food from us. And so volunteers can help load into their trucks, trailers, vehicles, that sort of thing when they're picking up. And then we also receive food in bulk sometimes. So we'll receive 100 pound bags of rice or beans and then volunteers can use cups to scoop into individual Ziploc bags because kind of can't give a family a 100 pound <laughs> bag of beans, but you can give them a Ziploc bag. So we have groups from all walks of life, you know, community clubs, high school, key clubs and student councils, churches, businesses, all, all sorts of volunteer groups. And so we have a sign up on our website. So if you just go to feedamericafirst.com slash volunteer, you can look at all the different opportunities, but then we can also, you know, accommodate if you wanted to come on a certain day of the week, on a Saturday, that kind of thing, we can just talk to us and we'll figure something out <laughs> so it sounds like the schedule is flexible if somebody yes. wants to volunteer you guys can find a time for them and mm-hmm. then you kind of need some different things so if somebody is uh maybe older or younger if somebody mm-hmm. has a young strong back somebody's up there maybe they're yep. retired and they can't be lugging around all this food but you can find stuff for everybody to do there's kind of a job yeah, for, for absolutely anybody. even if you needed to be seated um disabilities anything like that we can find something and then even at our food distributions we just had one yesterday where there was anything from 50 pound bags of potatoes to potato chips so even if you're you know can't lift much there's still a place for you awesome stuff julie vandal joining us from feed america first as we're talking about ways to help combat hunger and um you know what what happens with all that extra food you guys have, have kind of repurposed it and been able to kind of get back and feed the community with that so uh absolutely love that any events coming up we need to know about i think there's one going on tonight that we wanted to talk about and uh kind of a fundraiser so if folks want to see what you guys are all about and help out i always say if you can raise money for a good cause and have fun while you're doing it that is a can't uh, miss situation so tell us what's going on tonight yes, if you would i agree completely i always like to say hunger is a serious issue we have people who you know raising grandkids on their own fixed incomes or single moms working two jobs who just need some help so hunger is serious and it's all around us but hunger relief absolutely should be can be and should be fun so tonight at mayday brewery we're actually having a 90s throwback party uh, so we have graham anthem band doing a full 90s set list we have a costume contest we're uh, pretty excited even uh, my boss is dressing up <laughs> and some other co-workers and we'll have a slick pig food truck there for everybody um some cute throwback desserts and that sort of thing and the banter has been hilarious just listening to everybody reminisce about the 90s and the different ways people remember it whether you were you know a grown adult with a family or you were you know a kid feeding your tamagotchis keeping those alive so it's been super fun and we're really excited for tonight because again hunger relief our vision is that hunger will cease to be a problem in America when we all refuse to allow our neighbors to go hungry. Mm-hmm. So if you sit here and agree that no single mom should ever have to decide how she's going to feed her kids or afford, you know, medicine and groceries at the same time, like that's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. So how do you help by coming to a nineties night? Like it can be fun. So come Mayday Brewery, drink some beers, sing some 90 songs and the tickets are just $10, but for every dollar donated, we're able to provide enough food for 10 to 15 meals. So every ticket is a hundred meals. So your presence there tonight is a hundred meals for our neighbors in need. It's pretty mind blowing. And it's great that these are, you know, the folks right here in our community that you see each and every day. Um, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, where's, where's the money going to? It's going, you know, look out the front window, Mm -hmm. look out the front door. That's where, that's where it's going right here, uh, right here in Murfreesboro. So what's a good way for folks to find out more about you, website, social media, kind of keep tabs on what you're doing and, uh, you know, maybe jump in and volunteer or see these uh, events and, and be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, our website is just feedamericafirst.com, and we are also on Instagram and Facebook. If you just search Feed America First, 
um, on both of those. Um, and then if you just wanted to email us asking any questions, if you wanted to get involved, uh, the easiest one would be info at feedamericafirst.com. So we'll just get you to the appropriate staff member, whether you want to donate food, volunteer, donate, all that kind of good stuff. And then if folks are looking for an outlet for some food, maybe they're mm-hmm. looking for some pantries in the area that you guys work with, that's something you can yeah, help them absolutely. out and kind of steer them in the right direction for yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Just email us at info at feedamericafirst.com because we supply food to so many food pantries across the state. We'll just see where they're at and what they need and get them plugged in with the closest food pantry in their area. All righty. Well, Julia, it's been awesome. I appreciate your time this morning. Hopefully we'll see you out there for everybody at the 90s party at May Day tonight and uh, make sure to wear your, and again, it's different for everybody. What is your 90s gear if you're a mm-hmm. parent or a kid or um, I don't know if I could squeeze into my, my nah, kid clothing, so I'll have to probably, I'll probably have to maneuver. I'll probably have to uh, find something, but I got a few hours to figure it out. So we'll mm-hmm. see you out there tonight. Yep. going to be $10 a ticket. Should be a lot of fun. Slick Pigs will be on site. Anything we missed today before we wrap up? I think we are good. All righty. Julie Vandal joining us from Feed America First. Thank you so much, Julie. Have a uh, wonderful rest of the day. We'll see you later. Thank you so much. All righty, guys. We got Truman Jones coming up for you in just a few minutes with some live music, so that'll be a lot of fun. Just wanted to say good morning one more time to our good neighbor of the day, that's Sheila Hodges, for being a great friend who can always make you laugh. So Sheila will be receiving flowers from Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts, as well as us here at News Radio WGNS. And, of course, our birthday winner this morning, Kathy Hooger, who got the big shout-out from her aunt. Maybe she'll be out there tonight at Mayday. The Slick Pigs truck will be there, and she's got some Slick Pigs uh, banana pudding waiting for her for being our birthday winner today. So, uh, Kathy, happy birthday to you. Go get that banana pudding. We're going to let them know you're on your way, and we'll let Truman and the gang know we are on our way to the top of the hour. They'll be playing some live music for us next hour, so keep it here on your good neighbor station, News Radio WGNS. Stroke units, much like emergency medical services trucks, enable responders to evaluate and begin treatment for stroke in the field, with a recent study demonstrating they improve outcomes. Michelle Johansson, a stroke expert at Johns Hopkins, says there are a few things to consider before a full-scale investment in mobile stroke units. Stroke in general has done a great job training EMS personnel. They know how to screen stroke. They know what to do with a stroke. They know how to get stroke to a emergency room quickly. What the mobile stroke unit has that's different than the EMS truck is advanced technology and advanced staffing. The advanced technology is the CT scanner. Unless the cost comes down, that's something really to think about before we start throwing out all these mobile stroke units. You're going to need somebody like a tech for the CT to be in the mobile stroke unit to do this CT. That's one of the key components of getting someone to emergency room quickly is making sure that they haven't had a bleed. At Johns Hopkins, I'm Elizabeth Tracy. Wander and Ivy's steady success over its first four years stems in part from how its premium single-serve wines and 6.3-ounce bottles are 100% organic. 
which is what CEO Dana Spalding intended from the very beginning. In terms of certified organic wineries, which is who we partner with, just about 2% of all vineyards around the world are certified organic. That means that they've gone through the three-year process to prove they don't use pesticides, they don't use herbicides, any other potentially harmful ingredients on their grapes. And to find the right supplier partners, how many vineyards have you been forced to visit around the world? <laughs> you know what? I love that question. I always say, let me tell you as a startup founder. That means she's leading up to tell me not a one. Zero. We get all of our samples flown into us. A big goal of ours is that when we hit a certain revenue this year, which we will, that we will be visiting our partners. So it looks like France and Spain for Dana Spalding, maybe this fall. With CEO Radio, I'm Ray Hoffman. A heart for healing. When life challenges become a torrential flood, there are local doctors, nurses, and medical technicians who help you maneuver the swift waters. Gordon Ferguson, President and CEO of St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital. Oncologist Peter Gordon Robertson is our Heart for Healing recipient. A listener writes, I'm in my mid-60s and having periods of lightheadedness after working in my garden. A friend recommended Dr. Robertson. He diagnosed my problem as arterial fibrillation and went over my treatment options in a way that was understandable. I'm thankful my friend recommended Dr. Robertson. He put quality back in my life. Dr. Peter G. Robertson receives dinner for two at the fabulous Alley on Main Street restaurant as our Heart for Healing recipient. Submit your Heart for Healing nomination to WGNS. WGNS! Our family at Demas' Restaurant are proud to support local emergency responders who put their lives on the line for our community each and every day. This is Peter Demas, and here is this week's Demas' Emergency Responder of the Week. A family traveling through the county on the interstate had a trailer tire come off. Two of the adults attempted to get it back on, but speeding motorist only honked and got frighteningly close to the family who were trying to put the tire back during a dark, dark night. Rutherford County Sheriff's Deputy John Wachek pulled in behind the trailer, turned his blue lights on, and helped. It proves even more the importance of the move-over law, especially in the dark of night. When you see a firefighter, police officer, paramedic, or telecommunicator going the extra mile, let WGNS know, and we at Demas's Restaurant will salute them as the emergency responder of the week. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon. We'll see high in the upper 60s. Winds out of the northwest around 5 to 10 miles per hour. For tonight, partly cloudy, low 45. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 47. Good morning. Still quite a bit of traffic volume making its way down the interstate towards Nashville on I-24 up to the Hickory Hollow area. Nothing too unusual. Lots of radar up for a Friday morning. Give yourself extra time up and down sections of 840 especially. Hey, Princess Hot Chicken is now open inside the Assembly Food Hall near the National Museum of African American Music on Broadway. Order online today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic.
Time for the Doug Young Educator of the Month salute from News Radio, WGNS, and City Tile and Floor Covering. My name is Abby Haley, and I'm a third grade teacher at Rocky Fork Elementary in Rutherford County. I became an educator because I have a love for children and want to go the extra mile to show them their worth. I want to be an advocate who empowers them to have endless opportunities. What I enjoy most about working with my students are the relationships that we have built so far. I love their excitement and drive for wanting to learn more, and it makes me want to show up every day better than before. Abby Haley talks about her accomplishments. I am most proud of what it took to get me to where I am today. I wouldn't be at this point without my faith, my family, and my friends. Before I retire, I think I would love to become an instructional coach and even teach in various grades. I am planning on getting my master's degree and continue to make a difference in the lives of our future. Abby Haley, third grade teacher at Rocky Fork Elementary, the Doug Young Educator of the Month, sponsored by City Tile and Floor Covering on Spring Street.